When we find ourselves out of God's will, prayer can be the vehicle that transports us back into His will. In this week's sermon, you're going to hear a message from Pastor Karen Brown titled, Prayer Changes Us. So our passage today is coming from Jonah. Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah and the well? Yeah. And the subject is prayer changes us. Ah, tricked (laughs) y'all. Prayer changes things, yes, but prayer also changes us. Prayer changes you and me. And we're going to see how prayer changed Jonah in the situation he found himself in. Let's just pray. Lord God, we honor you this morning. We thank you, God, for the opportunity. Lord, we thank you for prayer. We thank you, God, for allowing us the opportunity to get to know you through prayer, God. And so, Lord, we just say that we trust you this morning, and, and we, uh, we just surrender this service, this message unto you, withholding, no- withholding nothing. Have your way. In the mighty Son, Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to talk for a little bit while I get my, I got it. Amen. So hallelujah. Prayer changes us. Can I put the, can you put the big idea up, Eddie? The big idea is this. When we find ourselves out of God's will, prayer can be the vehicle that transports us back into his will. Let's say that again. When we find ourselves out of God's will, prayer can be the vehicle that will transport us back into his will. How many of you seen that movie, War Room? Oh, good. Y'all over here, y'all didn't see it? Okay. Well, I won't give it away for those that didn't, but I I am going to say this. This is what was impactful to me. Um, The couple was going through their, their situation and circumstance and and the this older lady began to pour into the life of the young uh the young lady the young wife and so she told her this this is what stood out to me she was having marital difficulties and she told her the enemy is not your husband she said you're fighting the wrong enemy she told her you need to fight for your marriage and for your husband. And she said, so I'm going to teach you how to fight with prayer. With prayer. See, prayer changes us. Amen. And so we know the end of the story was that she began to go in battle for her husband. Not against him, but for him for their marriage, for their family, and God changed them in the midst of their prayer. Amen. So we're going to look at this young preacher by the name of Jonah. So here's something, a couple things about Jonah. God had asked Jonah to do something, and Jonah didn't want to do it. So, 
in his effort of getting out of God's will, God had to bring Jonah back into perspective to let him be transported back into God's will. So Jonah, being disobedient, not wanting to do what God asked him to do, really took him out of God's will. He was in his own will. And prayer is the vehicle that transports us back into God's will. Let's, let's look at uh, Jonah chapter 1 really quick. So chapter 1 verse 1 says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to, listen to this, to flee from the Lord. So Jonah didn't want to do what God asked him to do. And here's why. He hated Nineveh. Nineveh, Nineveh was a city and and the Ninevites were not Jews, they were Gentiles, and they were wicked, and they were uh, evil. And what they did, they would torture people, uh, I mean, horrific torturing, such as, um, just a second, such as skinning people alive and pulling out their tongues and gouging out their eyes. They were evil people. And so in the natural realm, you can understand why Jonah probably hated them. So he was like, I ain't going to preach to them. I'm going to do what I want to do. So he went on and tried to get as far, far away from Nineveh as possible. And so he went down to Joppa and bought a ticket on a ship so he can get as far away from Nineveh. And when he got on the ship... God sent this horrific storm, and the storm raged violently, so violently that it threatened to tear up their, um, I don't even need this, Robert. This is just distracting me. Hallelujah, Lord, you take control. <laughs> and so the storm was threatening to tear up the ship and threatening to, kill, to take the lives of all those that were on the ship. And so the people that were on the ship, like I said, they were Gentiles, and they began to pray to their own gods because they knew somebody had, had upset one of these gods. But guess where Jonah was? Yeah, verse 5. And Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. This caught my attention because I was thinking, when we are outside of the will of God, when we're doing us and doing our own thing, we can't even pray. We can't even pray. And so he was asleep while everybody else was praying. And the captain went down and woke him up and told him to get up and ask them, how could you sleep? And so the story goes on and we find that Jonah acknowledged that it was his fault that this storm has raged. And then if we look at verse 12, he told the, the sailors this. He says, pick me up, throw me into the sea. And he said, and it will calm down because I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. 
So when we find ourselves outside of God's will, prayer can be that vehicle that will transport us back into his will. So they threw Jonah overboard into the sea. And I've been reading conflicting things about this situation, whether Jonah actually died or not. But my thought, Karen's thought, is that Jonah was thrown into the sea and he began to drown. And perhaps he did indeed die. When we look at his prayer, we're going to see how he described his drowning in the sea. You see, because Jonah didn't want this uh, city that was evil that didn't know God. And we know when we don't know God, death is inevitable, right? Our, our goal, the person that doesn't know God, the goal is death. And God wanted to save these people from death because the word of God says that he wills that no man should perish. So here's Jonah outside of the will of God. Now he's thrown over into the sea. And death is inevitable. Hallelujah. So that brings us to our point, first point, which is this. God will make, can we put that up? Good. God will make special arrangements for us in order to accomplish his will. God will make special arrangements for you and I in order to accomplish his will. So let's review. Jonah's in this sea and he's dying or perhaps even died. And verse 17 says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. God will make special arrangements for us in order to accomplish his will. So I don't know what version you had, but in different versions it says he provided, he arranged, he appointed, he prepared. He didn't have to create a new fish. He just ordained that a huge fish, and I don't think it matters if it was a whale or a shark, he he ordained, he arranged for this huge fish to swallow up Jonah. Now, I, I believe that that fish was not there to take Jonah back to where he was supposed to be. But I think that fish was there to save him. He deserved to die. He was out of God's will. He knew he deserved to die. He asked to be thrown overboard. But remember Nineveh? Yeah. He felt they deserved to die as well. God will make special arrangements for us in order to accomplish his will. You know, I was thinking about that. I said, you know what? God will do the most, won't he? He'll do the most. Yeah. Why? Because he's God and he's compassionate and, and, and he's, he's uh, slow to anger. And he abounds in love. He'll do the most in order to accomplish his will. So he's allowing Jonah to virtually die. 
just to save him. Just to save him. Hallelujah. God will make special arrangements for us in order to accomplish his will. Then it said that Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And I believe while Jonah was alone in that belly of that well, God began to humble him. Yeah. Yeah. What does the word say? If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves. Yes. And so in the belly of the well, God made special arrangements. There was a time, and some of you have heard this story, and so I'm going to, you're going to hear it again. <laughs> there was a, a, a few years ago, I had a, I have a brother, not had, I have a brother, and he and I had a big, big, big falling out that lasted for several years. And I would not, well, I told my friends I could not forgive him, but in all actuality, I would not forgive him. Because I didn't think he deserved my forgiveness. Not for what he did. It was mean and mean-spirited. And he's this and he's that. And I had a whole list of stuff and reasons of why I could not forgive or would not forgive him. But God will make special arrangements, won't he? <laughs> so here's what he did. I had just been licensed shortly, for a short time, and, and it was time for Easter and Good Friday, and Pastor had asked several of us to speak on the last seven words that Christ uttered when he hung on Calvary's cross. And guess what words I got? <laughs> yeah. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, God will make special arrangements because how could I say he didn't deserve my forgiveness? When I began to study what Christ did, I began to think, well, I don't deserve his forgiveness. But yet and still, he said, Father, forgive her because she don't know what she's doing or thinking. And I tell you, I could not, I could not complete my studies without picking up that phone and asking my brother and his wife to forgive me. See, God will make special arrangements in order for us to line up with his will. Yeah, Jonah was out of order, but God, but God. And so that brings us to our second point. Our second point, which says this, that through prayer, we can make kingdom impact when his will is revealed to us. So God wanted this city to be delivered from their evil ways. Impact. He wanted Jonah to go and preach to them. And that would have made impact. Right? But Jonah didn't want to. Yeah, <laughs> they don't deserve it. And so God made a special arrangement to get alone with Jonah. Because why? Through prayer. Yeah, we can make kingdom impact, but we have to line up with God's will. So let's look at verse 2. 
just for a minute. And we'll look at his prayer. We won't go through every little piece of it and pick it apart. We'll just take some nuggets out of it. It said, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Oh, now he's praying. Remember last chapter, he was asleep. He didn't want to pray. But from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. So here he is in the belly of the whale. And I believe that after the whale had rescued him from the sea and he began to reflect over all he had went through and he began to pray and cry out to God. That word prayer is a verb. It's an action word. And in this context, the use of it is in the middle voice. Now, what does that mean? That means that the, the, the person that's speaking, the actor, which would be Jonah, is the subject and the object. So what that really means is that Jonah prayed for himself. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He prayed for himself. How many of us, when we're in the midst of something, can honestly say that we could pray for ourselves? We're looking for someone else to pray for us. But this is Jonah prayed for himself. He really didn't have a choice. He, had, he, had, he was all alone. It was just him and God in the belly of the fish, his war room. His war room. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a war room? Do you have a place where it's just you and God? Yeah, so God took him in this place. Got him alone where it just was him and God. And I believe that God began to reveal Jonah to Jonah and reveal God to Jonah. You see, when we begin to, to get into the presence of God, he begins to show us who he is. He lets us see him and get to know him. And then we can begin to line up with his will. So here's the first thing Jonah said he did. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and guess what? He answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. So now I think Jonah is experiencing what it's like to die. And remember, we can't forget Nineveh. Yeah, he didn't want Nineveh to have life. He wanted Nineveh to die. So now Jonah has experienced this, and he's crying out. And what did God do? He rescued him. He rescued him because God has no respect of person. God is love. And that's what he's trying to get us to see, get to know who he is. If we're going to line up with his will, we can't do what we want to do. And when we try to, yeah, he'll, he'll reveal us to us. So God is allowing Jonah to get in perspective his life. <laughs> yeah, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. And then he goes on to say, 
that you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Hmm. So in prayer, he learns that God is a deliverer. In prayer, he learns that he's judgmental. Yeah, because he wanted them to die and not be saved. But now in prayer, he's learning that God is sovereign. If you remember in chapter 1, we said the sailors threw him overboard. But right here, he's telling God, you threw me over. He knew that it was all by, the, by God's doing. God is the master. He's in control. So now in prayer, he's beginning to learn that God is sovereign, that God is all-powerful, that God is in control. Hallelujah. So he says, so he says, you hurled me into the depths, into the heart of the seas. Yeah. And the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers, they swept over me. And then he goes to say, I said, I have been banished. Oh, that word also means divorced. I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. So if we remember in the Old Testament, the Jews would build a temple and the temple represented the presence of God. And they would go to the temple and they would pray, they would worship, and they would praise God. So here in the belly of the fish, Jonah is feeling like God and he have been divorced. He said, but yet I will look to the temple. In other words, yet I will pray, yet I will praise, yet I will worship you. Yeah, it's coming into perspective. Hallelujah. Prayer will be the vehicle that trans, transports us into the will of God. Prayer will change us. Yeah. And so he goes on in verse 5. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. That makes me think he did die. <laughs> yeah, he did die. Yes, but the sovereign deliverer had mercy because he goes on to say, but God, but you, Lord, my God, yes, you brought me, you brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. You see, in prayer, we can learn that God is a deliverer, that God is sovereign, that God is merciful. And although Jonah knew he deserved to die, God showed mercy on Jonah. The same mercy he wanted to show to Nineveh. Yeah, prayer will transport us back into the will of God. Prayer changes us. So he goes on in verse 8. And I believe that this is where he really had his transition. 
Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say that salvation comes from the Lord. I will say that Jonah gets it now. Jonah gets it now. He's, he's praising God for saving him from the depths and the belly of hell. He says, I will say that salvation comes from the Lord. Okay, he understands that the source of salvation is God, not him. I believe Jonah, when he talked about the idol, because an idol is what we put in place of God. And when he had said, I will not pray for Nineveh, he was putting himself in the place of God. He was saying, they don't deserve salvation. They don't deserve life. And now Jonah is getting in perspective. Yeah. When we find ourselves outside of God's will, he'll send a fish to transport us back into his will. I think at the moment that Jonah realized and got back into perspective that God was the source of salvation because God saved him, I believe that's when that fish turned around. It wasn't before then. I think he turned around and headed toward the shore of Joppa. And here's why. He said, at the Lord, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. Now I forgave my brother, but the only reason I could forgive him was because of God Almighty, the one that forgave me. Because he's the source of salvation. He is the source. And at the moment of my forgiveness, then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah. It vomited me. It vomited you back onto dry land. So what does that mean? My third point. Yeah, we're moving fast. My third point is this. When we are in the will of God, we are being transported to our intended purpose. Amen? When we are lined up in the will of God, we are being transported to our intended purpose. And so the Lord commanded the fish. What does that mean? That in the ESV it said he spoke. The Lord spoke to the fish. NIV says the Lord commanded the fish. That verb is in the imperfect tense. That's important. Y'all probably like, what? Why? It's important. Why? Because it means that the action was incomplete. Incompleted action. Well, what in the world does that mean? It means the action has begun but it's not yet completed. Why? Why? It's ongoing action because God doesn't want us to go in and out of his will. He wants us to stay. So 
on and on, on this journey. Yeah, he's commanding. He's commanding the fish to spit us out into our purpose. On and on. Because we, he doesn't want us to go back out of his will. He wants us to stay in his will. It's an ongoing action. It's incompleted. He began a good work. He began a good work. And he will see it unto completion. Hallelujah. Yes, and so when we're in the will of God, when we're in our call, yes, then he wants us to, to stay there. It's ongoing. See, prayer gets us in the will of God. And then prayer keeps us in the will of God. Yeah, it keeps us. It's never ending. It's on and on. Paul said it's like, says it like this, pray without ceasing. Yeah, somebody else said prayer, that all men ought to always pray because it keeps us in the will of God. It's ongoing. And so the big fish vomited Jonah onto dry land. And that, that word vomited, it, 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 it has like a, a violent uh, meaning. You know, y'all, y'all done vomited. I know this sounds gross. What do you do? You go running, right? Because it's coming out, right? And so I believe what, what he's saying here is that we have an ongoing purpose. And, and the moment we get lined up, guess what? We find ourselves, we find ourselves immediately in the will of God, immediately in our purpose. Amen. Prayer changes me and prayer changes you. Yeah, and if we want to make impact our church must pray. We as a people must pray. We as a church must pray. So here's what happened. The story's almost over, but here's what happened. In chapter 3, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He said, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord, and went to Nineveh. Why? Because prayer changes you and I. Yeah, prayer changes you and I. Yeah, he got in line with the will of God through prayer. But you know, I read the whole chapter. <laughs> I read this whole chapter, y'all. This is the realest book in the Bible, you know, because it did not have a happy ending as we would think. He went and he preached to the Ninevites and they repented. They repented. They turned from their evil ways and guess what? God forgave them. He did. You see, kingdom impact was made in Nineveh because Jonah had lined up with the will of God. But then, he got mad. He got mad because God forgave him. And he said, I, that's why I didn't want to go there. <laughs> that's exactly why. Because I knew you was going to forgive them. Because that's the kind of God you are. And Jonah was mad. Now, the reason I say it's the realest book, because honestly, that's how we are. That's how we are. Once we've gotten out of our desperate situations, once we're on dry land, 
Once we've been pulled from the depths of hell and we tell God, I, for you I live and for you I die, we forget about it. <laughs> we forget where we came. I mean, this is a miracle that God performed to get Jonah back into his will so he could save these people of fish. Some people, I was reading, I was studying, they say some, some people wish that this, these verses were taken out the Bible because if they were, then they would believe the Bible because they, they think this is a fantasy. See, God did the most to save some people. He performed a, a miracle like that. And here Jonah got mad, forgot. So here's what we want to, here's what I want you to go home with. Is this. Once we get in the will of God, remember that, that it's an ongoing, incompleted action. Remember that God loves. Remember that God is compassionate and merciful. Remember that we have to always pray. We can't stop Lives are at stake. Yes, the kingdom is at stake. If we look around us, the world is spinning and, and falling deep down into the belly of death. The seaweeds are surrounding the heads of this world. The waves are covering. The world is dying and going to hell. And God wants you and God wants me to make kingdom impact. We can't afford to go our own way. Amen. We can't afford to do what we want to do. Pastor said it best. Because I believe when Jonah said and thought about it, key word, thought, how he got mad. <laughs> Paul said, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Yeah. Prayer changes us. When we find ourselves outside of God's will, prayer can be the vehicle to transport us into his will. It might look like a well. It might be a sermon to you about you that you got to preach. <laughs> it might be that you're in a marriage and you can't hardly stand your spouse and you want to leave but you don't have enough money. That might be your special arrangement to stay there. You might be at a job that you can't stand and you want to leave but every interview you had, you, you're getting turned down. That might be that special arrangement that God made. You might have been delivered you might have been delivered from an addiction, but you got to suffer the consequences of some of the things you did, so you have to spend time in jail. That might be your special arrangement to get alone with God. I don't know what your situation or circumstance is, but God does, and he does make special arrangements to get us back into his will. He makes special arrangements so that we can get to know who he is, to know that he's loving, kind, merciful, and he loves you and he loves me. 
and it ain't about us. Hallelujah. It's about making impact. Prayer changes us. And so I just believe today somebody is out here and they're harboring perhaps even unforgiveness. I harbored it against my brother. It could be against your, your spouse, a sibling, a friend. There might be something going on and you find yourself out of God's will. And he wants you back. He wants you back. He loves you. And just like Nineveh, there's nothing you can't do to stop him. There's nothing you can do to stop him from loving you. Yeah, somebody needs to know that. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you more than anything. He loves me. He loves you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope that you can find a way to impact the community around you through this church or a local church around you. We also encourage you to find a church to get connected to, whether that's here at RCF or somewhere close to you. If you want to find out more about RCF, visit rcfministries.org or watch us live on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on the RCF Network. Thanks for listening.